Welcome to Women Waken, a podcast that helps you heal spiritually from trauma in relationships, childhood, and early life to shift from a place of codependency to a state of divine feminine love, acceptance, harmony, and abundance. On Women Waken, we begin the journey to waken from the illusion of needing to prove our worth into the divine experience of knowing our worth. I'm your host, Whitney Walker. I'm a licensed mental health therapist, and I specialize in substance abuse, addiction, eating disorders, trauma, and spirituality. I'm also a fellow human being who has faced most of the issues that I discuss on this show. On today's guest episode, I welcome the magical Karen Chong. Karen is an international transformational speaker, writer, and champion for self-empowerment and a healer. On this episode, Karen shares about her journey through a health crisis in her early 20s that catalyzed her spiritual journey. We talk about that spiritual journey and the current work that she does now to help others to focus on frequency work and release unconscious blocks, or as she calls them, distortion patterns. So take a listen and enjoy. Hi, Karen. Welcome to the Women Awaken podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Very excited to have you. And I love all your colors. Karen is in this beautiful pink reddish dress and these flowers next to her. Just love that. uh, Love that vibe. Oh, thank you. It goes with your shirt. It does, right? We're both like pretty floral. Pretty floral. Yeah. You might even say we're on the same frequency. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so Karen, a big part of your life or life, well, life probably, but your work is um, a focus on frequency work. And Karen, you are an international transformational speaker, a writer, a champion for self-empowerment and a healer. Uh, could you tell us more about yourself? And maybe also, I know that your sort of your spiritual journey began in your twenties when you had kind of a health crisis in your early twenties that catalyzed your journey. So let's just jump right in and have you share all about it with us. Okay, sure. So I feel like a lot of people's spiritual journeys start with crisis, not always, but many of us. And uh, whether it's abuse or addiction or health crisis or a divorce or a death or something, that's usually the catalyst for the beginning. And for me, it was a health crisis. So um, when I was in my 20s, I had really severe eczema. So if you've ever had a mosquito bite on like a knuckle or in the back of your knee, and it just kind of drives you nuts because all you can think about is scratching it, scratching it, scratching it. Well, I basically had that from under my chin all the way down to my ankles. And I was living in New York City at the time. And I would go to sleep and just scratch through everything and wake up with like sticking to the sheets and to my clothes because my skin was all open and raw. So... It was emotionally taxing and physically taxing, and I wasn't sleeping very much. And after weeks and months of this, and I, you know, sought help. It wasn't like I was just lying there, um, hoping for something to change. I saw doctors. I saw uh, different acupuncturists. I saw a whole bunch of different people, uh, but it only seemed to get worse. And so uh, I couldn't sleep because I was just itchy all the time. I would actually sleep in the bathtub because it was cool in the bathtub. 
And um, at one point, it, it had gotten so bad, and I hadn't slept for so long that I started to have really dark thoughts of taking my life because I just couldn't do it anymore. I was just like, I can't. If this is my life, it, this is not sustainable. I just can't. And right about that moment where I had started contemplating this, or had these thoughts come in, really, is what it was, uh, my aunt happened to call me, and she told me about an ac acupuncturist who lived in a small town, or not that small, in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, which was, you know, three quarters of the way across the country, and um, how he'd help her um, heal from cancer. So at that point, I was desperate. And my husband, uh, I couldn't make a decision, actually, because I was so exhausted. So my husband was like, okay, look, I can't watch you do this anymore. You're, you're exhausted and you're like literally disintegrating um, emotionally. So you're going to quit your job and we're gonna, you're going to go see him. And of course, there was all this but, but, but from me. And he's like, no, you need to go. So I did. And about five weeks later, um, with just treating me with needles and cups, I went from a suicidal hot mess to a totally different person, vital, healthy, strong. And that created the question within me, what is there beyond the scene, the physical, the dense, that really truly governs our reality? What is there? Because I went from such a poor, horrible place to one that was so vastly different in such a short period of time that it didn't make logical sense. So that catalyzed 25 plus year journey into spirituality, into the quest, into the unseen. And how does it apply to life? Because I was like, these two things are meshed. Spirit and physical are not separate, they're one. So how do, how do these things interrelate? And so I learned from a whole bunch of different people, you know, the personal development people, um, who are well known because I was curious about how humans work, all the way to more spiritual, uh, out there woo woo stuff like Drunvalo Melchizedek and Dr. Donnie Epstein. And I guess Joe Dispenza, but he, he's sort of middling. But in any case, um, ran the gamut and learned a lot. And I was applying a lot of what we learned into what was then a thriving real estate practice in San Francisco, where I worked with my husband and a partner and our assistant. And on the surface, we were doing fantastic. We were top producing, very successful, highly referred by our clients, um, a lot of repeat business. But <laughs> despite what it looked like on the outside, internally, I was messy, meaning I still had this driving sense of scarcity. So it didn't matter how much we had, I would always spreadsheet, you know, like, how much are we going to have? How much... Do we need in order to survive for longer? You know, I was spreadsheeting all the time. That was my little anxiety tell. And I just didn't feel good uh, with that running through me. And one day, again, funny how life or fate or the divine, whatever you want to call it, intercedes. Uh, but I'd just come back from a sacred journey that I'd taken on my own to France and was in my acupuncturist, acupuncturist office, excuse me, and in San Francisco. And she said to me, hey, have you ever heard of frequency work? And it was so weird, Whitney. It was like one of these moments where time just goes like really long. Like, and I was like, whoa. I was like, no, but I need to. 
And that's what began my journey into frequency work. And um, it changed everything because I went from feeling really scarce, having a lot of fear and control issues, even though I'd been applying all these different modalities, all these energetic things, all these personal growth things, I couldn't like overcome that internal state. So I, when I started doing frequency work and releasing my distortion patterns, I released my scarcity. I no longer had the same control patterns at all. Fear diminished significantly. And uh, my natural gifts came in about two years later. I didn't ask for it. My abilities came in uh, not called on by me. <laughs> Those happened because, um, well, I'm kind of an intense person. And so I just wanted to feel better, frankly. So when I was doing frequency work, I was just releasing my distortion patterns, focused on releasing them, releasing them, releasing them, doing the inner work. And you know what inner work is like. You know, you have to, it's not always easy. It can be a hard road to look within and see what's there and to release the patterns that aren't pretty, but no longer serve you. And so uh, one day I was at a retreat in Sedona. I actually didn't go to the retreat. I ended up, that's another story, but I ended up meditating in my little studio apartment in Sedona, Airbnb thing. And I ended up in a nine hour meditation where I pierced the veil of forgetting and merged with the one. And in that um, experience, I noticed that everything was frequency. It just was. And my sense of me wasn't there. And I understood, I'm going to say the word understood because it wasn't a thinking thing. I just knew how everything worked and what the illusion was. And then when I eventually came back from that nine hour meditation, I still perceived frequencies and I knew I could make change at that level. And I could very much sense what the illusion was. So that was the beginning of my unique gifts and um, or unique abilities, whatever you want to call them. And I didn't advertise. Um, people just started showing up <laughs> for help. And that's how it began. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you so much for that uh, thorough overview. And what a fascinating story. And isn't it interesting uh, that we, you know, those of us who find ourselves in this lifetime having these very challenging, what we would say, you know, I don't know, like a bleak sentence, right? Like, why did this happen to me? Why did I get assigned this thing? Why is this occurring for me? Yet, you know, I've come to understand that it's really true that everything is happening for us. Because mm -hmm. as you said, we are not what we think we are. That's mm -hmm. a big statement that's been coming up for me is you're not who you think you are is something that I keep hearing. And it's kind of that idea of we are very attached because you mentioned the veil of forgetting, right? Which mm -hmm. I want to come back to. Sure. We're very attached to believing that we, this is who we are. Who we're born, this is the only person we've ever known to be. This is the only thing we've ever been. This is the only life we've ever had. Very fascinating place we find ourselves with such a belief, right? Because it's so far from the truth. And when we're in that, we face great challenges. Because when you're very attached to that, you see a lot of things as not being for your highest good. You see them as being you know, terrible. And you we can fall into victim mentality. We can fall into that space where you were sleeping in your bathtub because you had this horrific skin condition that was very uncomfortable, right? I mean, mm -hmm. that sounds, and 
you know, I've, I've had conditions, not quite like that, but things happened to me where it felt like if this doesn't go away, I don't know how I'm going. Like, this is so scary. It's so uncomfortable. It's so painful. Anybody who's had any type of chronic illness or condition knows that feeling. Okay. And, but and when we have these shifts in our perspectives, we start to see and understand differently. And so what felt maybe like a curse becomes a blessing. And that sounds a little bit, you know, sort of too idealistic, but it's, I mean, it's just kind of true at a certain point, right? Yeah. Well, I think it all has to do with your vibration rate. So what you're describing from my perspective is the distinction between what I call the little S self, which is the you associated with your ego mind that right. thinks this you, that believes your thoughts, that believes your emotions, that thinks that's what, that's what you are. And then the big S self, which is you as infinite indestructible consciousness that is aware of you from a much higher, a much higher level order of vibration. And as your vibrational level rises, you can perceive things from a higher level perspective. So just like you were talking about, where it's like you're in suffering and you have the perspective like this is all there is and I can't get out and that despair. This is not a blame thing. It's simply a vibrational level thing. So when you're in that level of vibration, which is very low, you're stuck in the ego mind of despair, of hopelessness. hopelessness. And we have these things that I call distortion patterns, which weigh us down and keep us heavy. So um, from my perspective, everything happens at spirit level first, meaning all of your problems, all of your challenges, all of your suffering happens at a much higher level order first. It happens at the level of frequency. So if you if I back up from this and we talk about the concept that everything is vibrating, right? So this is not a new concept. People have been talking about this for a while. And the rate of vibration determines what the thing appears to be. So for example, if you take water, the molecules are vibrating very, very fast. It's steam. If that vibration slows down, it becomes liquid water. And if it slows down even more, it becomes dense, like solid ice. So if you take that same idea and extrapolate it into vibration, into consciousness, you have pure source, the oneness, the one, the field, the divine, whatever you want to call it. The consciousness from which everything comes and to which everything returns, vibrating at its extraordinarily high rate. And then in order for there to be anything else other than the one, there needs to be a drop in vibration. Even for the one to be aware of itself is a drop in vibration. So when that vibration level drops, it creates frequencies. And when that vibration level slows down even more, becomes what we call energy. And when that slows down even more, it becomes physical form or matter. So everything, including your thoughts, your emotions, your bodies, your, is at the lower level of vibration. It's just, it's not bad. It's just slower in vibration. It's not like ice is worse than steam. It's just different. So if you can change things at the level of frequency, then the physical reorganizes extremely quickly around it because it's reflecting what exists at spirit level or at frequency level. So if you can change things at that level, it's incredible what can happen. And as you release what I call distortion patterns, which is where I started, so distortion patterns are anything that keep us separate from the one. So um, that sounds like it's potentially negative, you know, because your human form is a distortion. 
but you asked for it, its density, its form. So a distortion is there and has you keep running into, in your life, the same blocks over and over. So to me, um, when we come into form, we're like these spheres of pure source energy that come into embodiment. And then all these layers and layers and layers and layers of duct tape form around the sphere. And those layers of duct tape cause the sphere to be heavy and to not remember that pure source energy is all around it. And so what happens though, is that you can release these layers of duct tape. And the layers of duct tape, by the way, are a metaphor for things like past lives, um, your cultural uh, distortion patterns, uh, religious distortion patterns, even if you aren't particularly religious, your lineage has been, your lineage distortion patterns. So all that affects you and it makes you heavier and more dense. So when you're in that perspective of the little s self, it's heavy and dense. But as you start to release your distortion patterns, however you do that, you start to feel lighter and brighter. And now all of a sudden, your perspective can be one such that life is happening for you, that everything that you experience can be a gift or at least something to learn from. So it's a really spectacular thing from my perspective when your vibration level rises. Definitely. Absolutely. Do you, why do you think it is that we want to experience lower density as, is it to gain? I mean, I guess if you don't know the lowest, you can't totally understand the whole picture, right? I mean, as you were saying, like even for source to acknowledge itself, it has to go a little lower because it has to almost like step outside of itself and say, oh, that's what I am. And that portion of that consciousness is a little lower, but if you go all the way down, then you can you know, I kind of had this thought recently where it's like, if you don't know, like the, the absolute depths of how low something can go, you don't know its totality. And what I've heard is that each of us as a part of the soul wants to know the whole complete, complete, complex, infinite thing that source is. So we're going to experience all of it eventually, whether it's, you know, a struggle with a physical illness or ailment, or it's, you know, the, a great grandiose, you know, revelation of a lifetime. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, we, yeah. we want to know both of it. Yeah. Well, it's just life experiencing life. So yes. we as humans have a subjective judgment as positive or negative. You know, we, we even, for example, very much fear death because we think of that as finite and ending, but in the spirit realm, things are just changing. It's just changing form. So if you take out the very human perspective of bad and good, it's simply about experiencing different things, like you just said. So some people require really dark, heavy, intense things in order to grow and learn. And what I'll say is the more you can transcend in the physical density, in this embodiment, in this experience of the humanness, the more uh, momentum you have at the upper dimensional planes, because I don't know if this is too out there. However, nothing's too the, out there. <laughs> okay, let's go. So, let me back up a little bit. Okay. So when you have pure source, and then you have that drop in vibration right, that we talked about just a minute ago, you have something called individuation, right? That's that's what makes something different from the one. Now, that individuated consciousness is aware that it is part of the oneness, but is individual. And that individuated consciousness knows it can create anything and everything at any time. 
but it's massive or high in its vibrational rate. So it sends out aspects of itself at different dimensional orders, at different space-time realities, to have different experiences. Why? Because it can. So, I mean, it, would you want to eat the same flavor of chocolate forever? No. You kind of want to like try all the different kinds of chocolate. You want to want to try what the buffet is out there, right? It's the same thing. It's life wants to experience more of life. And so you are an aspect of that. And you are an incredible, magnificent, authentic expression that is you. There's a sense for a lot of people that they have to be some way. You don't, but you have the opportunity to make the most of life, but you don't have to. Does that make sense? A lot of people feel like they have to or they failed. No, but you have the opportunity to. So why wouldn't you take it? Absolutely. Well, it's, it sounds like it's not even that different than what we experience in this lifetime, which is there are a plethora of avenues and things to pursue, or you can just stay in your home and never really venture out. But then yeah. you don't really know much about life and the experience of life and just take that to a much grander scale. That's essentially the soul's journey is it wants to know everything it can be. And, but the thing about the soul, unlike us in this lifetime, it knows nothing of good or bad. It wants to know the whole spectrum. So it doesn't see it as like, oh, well, this lifetime was no good because I was, there was pain, there was suffering. It, it's like it delights in the richness. All it knows is richness. It doesn't see richness, richness as like a good or bad thing. It's just both, you know, extremes. And, and, you know, when you said that, that really hit for me because when we know this, there's a reason why we wanted to, right? Everything that we come into con into contact with was intended by our soul. But we always get the choice though, right? Our soul basically presents situations and says, and now you make your choice. Do you decide to use what we put in front of you, this fodder for growth, for greater expansion of your awareness, or do you choose to turn away from it? Or, and this is what I think is, is a big crux of why I do the work I do. And, and what I think we're working on right now as humans is if we can shift our beliefs about why things do or don't happen and what they mean, we change our human experience. Because when you speak of these, um, these, these blocks, these, uh, distortion patterns, I would say that they're really based on this, this, um, contrived idea that we are bad, that we are not lovable, that we're unworthy. We're not valuable because of certain things that have happened or haven't happened to us. Right. And we can stay stuck in that and decide that we basically give up on life just like you almost did. Right. But then you, it was like, you took that turn. It was like the last moment you saw the, I don't want to like saw the light a little bit of maybe there's something bigger here. Maybe I can, you know, learn. And it to me, that's our soul's yearning of like almost whispering in our ear, like, don't stop now. Like this is, I know this feels uncomfortable, but there's something here for you. And, yeah. you know, I think we're both probably aligned in that is that once you have that experience, you start really life feels more of an ad adventure. It feels more um, exciting because I'm, I'm not saying that there's not still disappointment or struggle, but you realize that this is just one tiny little piece of a gigantic, infinite web of experiences and understanding that we can gain. So my whole point is that if we could all feel that way, then life could be more about joy than suffering. And I would say that currently on our planet, suffering outweighs joy. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't like those, uh, those odds. I don't like the, that 
that imbalance. Yeah. So at this time, the reason it's so polarized, it's very specific. Um, we are at a time where there is a lot of um, momentum. It only happens every few thousand years where there are these waves of very high frequencies that wash through the all that is. It's not just for humans. It's not just this consciousness level. It's at all consciousness levels to rise in consciousness level. And so polarity is there, and you can see it in the weather, you can see it in politics, you can see it in the breakdown of things, where people are on edge and things are getting much more extreme, like people can't even share opinions anymore, it's like they're at each other's throats, because we're at a time where we can choose something better, where it's like, do we want to keep playing the same record of greed, of scarcity, of abuse, of disempowerment, of victimhood, of fear, all this sort of thing? Or do we wish to create something better? Do we wish to empower ourselves to be at a higher frequency resonance, at a higher vibration, so we really recognize that we truly can co-create at an extraordinary speed and in a way that's magnificent, that benefits not only us, but others? So. What's kind of cool is um, I have this client. She's amazing, actually. When she first um, started work with me, she um, had just left. She was in a very bitter divorce. And she, her self-worth was like in the toilet. Okay, She really was in a really poor place. And as we've worked together, it's really beautiful to witness her because she's cleared so many of her distortions around low self-worth, diminishment of self, her own boundaries. Um, she's empathic, so she feels a lot. And so how can she hold her space and not take on other people's stuff and still have compassion? But her rise and her resonance is amazing. And what's really amazing for her is that she doesn't even necessarily know exactly what she wants yet before the universe gives it to her. So for example, she lives in LA. And she was thinking of putting soul on her roof because she was thinking of selling and she's like, I want to do something good for the planet. So I'm going to put on solar. So she had just started researching companies, solar companies. And um, she'd found a little one. She's like, it's local. I like the vibe of it. And as she's in the middle of doing this, her doorbell rings. Now she lives in LA, so she doesn't typically answer her door. <laughs> but this time she did. And who happens to be standing there is a sales guy for the company that she was researching, that she really liked, who was offering her a discount to put on the solar on her house. So it's these wonderful things that start to happen very quickly <laughs> without us really even intending that can happen as our resonance rises. So not only do we feel better, but all this magic and synchronicity starts to happen. And it's kind of spectacular to be in life. I mean, even though she has bumps in her road, she has bad days. I'm not saying it's all glorious and unicorns rainbows 24 seven for her. But for most of the time, she gets to marvel in the spectacularness of life, and even in her own humanness, when she falls down, which she does, because we all do. Absolutely. And I think that that shift in knowing, which is that knowing that there that there is magic in life, and that there is synchronicities when you get in the flow of life, it makes it easier to roll with the downtimes, the times that are challenging, because you do, I've come to see it. I always, I don't always take it so graciously, but I see, okay, 
this is the grit. This is the time of where they've, the, the gears have been kicked up. And, but this is where growth happens. And we go through those difficult growth periods so that we can then be launched into this beautiful period of synchronicities and connections. Cause your, your frequency is raised. Once you've gone down and done that work, it raises, it raises you up. And then you get to have that experience until you're ready to level up again. And then you don't, you can't level up again until there's another thing that's going to challenge your concepts about yourself and life. Yeah. And to me, it's like exactly what you just said. So as people release their distortion patterns, which is the heavy density of the duct tape around you, your frequency resonance really starts to rise. And, you know, if you're doing it at an expansional rate, which, you know, I'm seeing in a lot of our community and a lot of our clients, when you start to release those patterns at a very high rate, which is not comfortable, like you said, you know, some people physically symptomize, uh, some people emotionally don't feel good. But as you do something that I call confirm the removal, which is become self-aware, accountable, look at your own stuff, release the distortion patterns, because as you say, we have free will. Then you can rise in your resonance. And then like you say, you bump up. And then your experience of life changes because your vibrational level is like a keyhole. So you have to remember that there's an infinite field of possibilities. And your frequency resonance is like the key into a keyhole of possibility. So meaning you only see like around this much, right? When you start, this is like all you see of reality, even though there's this infinite possibility. But as your vibration rate rises, the keyhole starts to open and expand and the possibilities that you get to access, the opportunities that you get to experience, the people that come into your life open up and get broader, which is really amazing. And then, as you say, something happens, you release more distortion, and then your resonance rises again. It's this really, I think, kind of awesome spiral that happens. It is. It's a beautiful thing. And that, and I've heard that is that it's, it's a spiral, but it's spiraling up. So sometimes it can yeah. feel like similar experiences or, oh man, we're going around again, the same kind of loop, but we're always going up. Everything is bringing mm -hmm. us upwards yeah. towards our involvement. And, you know, I've definitely experienced that Karen, where it's, it's, I, I, you know, push through this to this new level. And all of a sudden there's new people that come into my life. Wouldn't you know, who are more aligned with the things that I've suddenly become interested in. I think that's, and maybe you can clarify that that, that can be another indication of a shift in our frequency is suddenly we're more intrigued by different concepts or gaining different oh, knowledge. Totally. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So that can happen even like a really stark way. So for example, and it's, it can be oblique. Okay. So for example, I had a woman who came to see me for the first time. So I don't, I never see people, right? So, I mean, it's on the phone. I never know what the person looks like. I hear their voice for about two seconds. And what I'm doing is I'm scanning the field of infiniteness for the frequency resonance that's you. And I worked on, we worked on whatever we worked on with her. And um, she wrote in the next day and she's like, you'll never believe it. So my mother, this is her speaking. My mother is very judgmental and critical of me. We're close, but we have a very tense relationship at times. And I happen to be dating an African-American man. And my mother, and the client's white, okay, white woman. And so she's like, my mother hates him because he's black, <laughs> okay? She's like, I don't love that, that that's what my mother believes, but it's always like that. Anyway, after our session, I receive a call from my mom, which is really weird because I usually call her. But anyway, she calls me and she tells me, I'm so proud of you. 
you've done all these amazing things. And she said, I literally took the phone away from my face and looked to check that it was the correct number. (laughs) She's like, who is this? And then her mom went on to say, I'm really so glad that you're dating your man because he's really supported you in ways that your other men have not. And she couldn't believe it. She's like, what happened? What happened is her frequency resonance or her vibration resonance jumped. So as a result, the, the experience of life and the reality she was accessing was totally different. Her mother was a different version of her. And so she got to experience a different person. And she's like, I couldn't believe it. What happened? I'm like, you just literally accessed a different vibrational level reality. That's it. And so as you say, in that different vibrational level reality, who comes into your life is totally different. What you're interested in is different. Your thoughts are different. The opportunities that you even can perceive are different. Because when you're at a lower resonance, sometimes the opportunities are there and you don't even see them. You're like, you know, with your low blinders on, you just don't even notice. But when your vibrational level rises, it's like all of a sudden you can see opportunity because you're at a level where you can see them. Make sense? So as you said, life starts to confirm with different people and and circumstances and opportunities that, oh my God, everything has changed because it has. And that's an amazing thing to experience. So yes, absolutely. That is definitely a way to tell when your vibrational level has risen. Yes. Yes. And it's so exciting. I mean, it really, it's, it's, it feels like a just weird, crazy, like you'll, you know, like you said, you'll tell someone like, you won't believe what happened to me. This is, it's so wild. This is unbelievable. This was such a coincidence, but we come to find there's no such thing as a coincidence because if you, if just as you said that when you're literally just moving into a different reality, it's, it's because you can't get there unless you have shifted your yes frequency. And then it just is what is so there's a different experience of what you've known of life. Things look different. Things feel different. I've even during my spiritual journey, I I look different. I've had people say, you look really different than you did like a year ago. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Or like, um, I've had clients who are like different wardrobe. I need, (laughs) yeah, love that. But they're like, what I'm attracted to, what I feel is reflected of me and for women often that's how you know we dress or like you know how we how we have beauty in the world changes and so you're absolutely right and people will say all the time like you look totally different but they're not just noticing what you're wearing they're noticing you they're noticing your vibration but it's not like we're used to as a culture going around being like hey your vibration's really high. Rock on. <laughs> it's not normal. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a little more normal. There's more people. They're like, well, the term yeah. vibe has become very popular and it's considered just like a sort of, you know, next generation slang, but it really, people are, it means that people are realizing that there's a certain energy to each situation and experience in person. And we call it a vibe, but it's like, you get a sense, right? For totally. what it is. Yeah. So, okay. The way that we're talking about this, Karen, is it makes me feel like life is this big adventure and it makes me want to get out there and get to the the next frequency. But you have something that you call the the fundamental five things for frequency work. For those listening who don't really know much about it and are fascinated by what you're saying, can you share with us those five fundamentals? Of frequency work? Yes. Yeah. So um, 
it's interesting. So I have this class. It's actually called, um, we've added one. So <laughs> it's actually called the six core essentials. So we've added one. So okay. the first thing has to do with um, being aware of your center. So I know that sounds like a really simple thing, like find your core, but a lot of people will um, not be present in this moment, centered in their body. You know, we're distracted by our phones, by work, by life, by our partners, by our kids, by whatever's going on. So we're not very present and centered in our body. And we can really be triggered as a result by other people's urgencies and um, negative emotions and stresses. So it's really important to find what I call your zero point. Okay, so the more you're here, the more anchored you are. And I'm pointing to the center of my body, right in the center of my solar plexus. But the more you anchor in this space, the more you will feel um, solid, stable, not triggered, and also more able to influence your reality. So that's the first thing. The second thing, and if you're more interested in that, you can watch uh, my podcast episode, and that's episode 151. So there's another thing called holding your space, which means that, so people who are empathic, feel a lot of people all the time and they allow the feeling of those people's, you know, whatever it is they're experiencing, which often isn't great, to impact how they feel. So to hold your space means to be aware of your sphere body, which is um, a sphere at arm's length all around you, and the resonance between that and your physical body and not allowing anyone else's resonance or vibration to come into that space. Okay, because they're having that experience, but it doesn't need to be in your field because it will make you heavier. It doesn't liberate them. It just makes you feel crappy. So that's the second thing is to be aware of your space and to hold it and to be aware of what's affecting your vibration. Because, you know, a lot of people who are giving want to help by taking on other people's stuff, but that doesn't really free them. You'll notice that they'll still complain about the same thing. So the higher you keep your vibration, the better actually not only you will feel, but they will feel. The other thing um, that is a fundamental is to learn how to surrender. Now, I know this is something that people talk about all the time, and it can be really, really, really challenging um, for those of us who have been control freaks. I have been one, so I'm very familiar with what that feels like. <laughs> and I desperately wanted to surrender, but I didn't know how. But um, the thing is, you can't surrender with your mind. Surrender comes from a vibration that's beyond your mind. So um, to surrender means that you can be more in flow because you trust your own inner strength. You trust your higher self. You trust the flow of life unfolding. Now, that sounds easy to say, but is absolutely terrifying if you have a lot of fear or have a lot of control. So to learn how to surrender, though, I remember when I first started doing this, it was such a liberation for me because I finally freaking relaxed. I could get some ease and I wasn't so anxious all the time. Um, the second, or I don't know where we're at now, fourth thing is um, becoming neutral. And, you know, a lot of old um, spiritual texts talk about finding neutrality or detachment. But really what neutrality means to me, it means being okay with all outcomes. You really are okay with all outcomes. 
And so therefore, any outcome is okay. And then that takes away our yearning, our scarcity, our lack. We can actually sit in a place where we're just present with what's actually unfolding, as opposed to trying to make something happen. And then the fifth thing would be to create coherence between your physical body and your spirit body, right? So, so there's you on the physical level, the physical, mental, emotional aspects of you, and then you on spirit level. And how do you create coherence between all these three levels so that you have like more ease in life? So things flow more easily. And that comes from having coherence. And then the sixth thing would be um, what I consider to be one of the most important tools in your toolkit, which is recognizing that you have the authority to release, to recognize and to release your patterns. And that's a process I call confirming the removal. So you've done this before because I've listened to some of your podcast episodes. It's like, I have this pattern. I see that I have this pattern. This pattern sucks. <laughs> it's not helping me at all. And to know that that there are patterns that are happening and that you are empowered to release them. You just need some distance from them, a high enough vibrational level, and then you can release them. So those are kind of like the six cores of frequency work. And once you learn these, and I, I'm, I'm very much about self-empowerment because there's this thing that happens in the spirituality movement where there's this guru worshiping thing that happens, which is sort of very disconcerting to me because honestly, you are here to experience the magnificence that you are if you choose to. You are empowered to do that. You just need certain tools, like whatever resonates with you, the awareness and the willingness to do the work, and you can raise your vibration level. But there's so many people out there who tell us that we're wounded and we can't. That's not true. You, you can. Just find tools that help you, that you resonate with, and you're like, yep, that's a yes for me. And practice and you can liberate yourself so yeah those are the fundamentals of frequency work those are fantastic karen and thank you so much for sharing them and for bringing them into the world to, for sharing them because these really do seem like a beautiful formula for change to begin for people who are ready ready to end again the struggle of life and get into that magic excitement that life can be, you know, um, you say that you really want to help people embrace their power as co-creators of their reality. And these seem like the steps towards that. But first to be a creator, you have to set yourself free from beliefs that you're not. And that's yes. what it sounds like these steps do. And I yes. love your point about neutrality. And that's been a big word for me recently. And I think it's because when we are either trying to force something or avoid something, we're not accepting things as they are. We're not neutral to yep. it. We either feel like aversion to it or like a need for yep. it. And that creates almost like a, I mean, you call it distortion patterns, like a distortion in the field. We're not really able to be aligned with what we're, we're meant for. And, you know, I've, I've a phrase I've been telling myself as I try to take on the practice of accepting things just as they are. And so I've taken on the mantra of, I have no preference for anything other than what is. Because mm -hmm. that's been my challenge my whole life is, well, okay, this is okay, but I really wanted that. And I can't really yeah. be happy. I can't be, I'm not that great. I can't be successful because it's not quite how I wanted it. 
But again, using the analogy of like, we're talking about life as an adventure, when you just let life show up and you're like, okay, bring it on. Like, let's see what you got for me today. Accept it as it is not challenge it, not judge it, but just say, wow, isn't it fascinating that this person just came into my life? What's the, what's the message here? What's the experience here? What's the the lesson I meant to learn here and just get curious and excited about it and not try to fight it or judge it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, when you actually can get be at a place of neutrality and surrender, that's when what you're describing can happen. Mm-hmm. And man, is it hard to get there for some people, right? Because there's so much fear around it. And you're like, no, actually, I would prefer it to be this way. <laughs> I would prefer it to be a different shade of red. Thank you very much. <laughs> right? We can all have these different things that we want. And for me, it was, I had to release a lot of my distortion patterns around control, mm-hmm. like a lot of them in order to get to the place where I was like, I can be neutral with this. And just as a little example, like I used to be super competitive, right? So if there was ever a game to be played and I thought that I wouldn't win, I wouldn't be comfortable playing it (laughs) because like it would mean something about me. But what's awesome is, um, I don't know when it was, a year ago or something like this, we went bowling, which I'm terrible at, like laughably terrible at, and we went, and it was actually fun for me. Like, and I didn't have to win. And I didn't have to prove myself. And I could enjoy everyone else's experience. And all these little moments of these internal shifts where it's like this enjoyment and this happiness and this love for what is when before there was only self-judgment and anger and frustration or whatever it was that I was experiencing or likely low self-worth. Those moments to me are the greatest victories because they're an internal shift. Like no one sees that except for you, but here you are experience yourself in life. And isn't that the most important thing? So for me, those inner shifts are the ones where they're really um, like joyful in a way, right? Cause you're like, wow, nice job me. You know, I got to this place and I got to enjoy life in this way now. So it's like these little moments of celebration of our humanness and what we're able to transcend, which I really love. Absolutely. And so wonderful to be able to celebrate that and celebrate what is, but also be able to celebrate ourselves just as we are. That's another liberation. That's such an amazing feeling where you can just say, you know, I didn't really want this to be this way. And I was hoping I could be more like this or less like this, but you know what, this is what is right now, right in this moment, this is what I got. So I can either you know, fight it and resist it, or I can step into it and say, I'm just going to rock it. It wasn't what I wanted, but maybe it's just awesome. And I can just be good with that. And, you know, the more people that feel that way, the more, again, more of us are enjoying life, participating in life and freeing ourselves from the the constraints of life. Yeah, exactly. So what you're talking about to me is about having preference without attachment, right? Mm -hmm. So I can prefer something, but if it doesn't turn out that way, it's okay. What else is going to be there? It likely will be better. <laughs> you know. So, yeah. So I don't think it's wrong to have preference. It's the, the attachment to the preference that's Absolutely. the challenge. Absolutely. <laughs> well, because preference can kind of guide us towards something, right? Well, for sure. I prefer to, you know, start exercising and get to this level of fit. Well, I didn't quite make it to where I wanted to, but look at where I am. This is great. You know, yeah. this is, I feel yeah. good. I, I discovered this new outlet. It's wonderful. But it, again, it's the people who sort of like you and your competitive stage where you're like, okay, well, I didn't reach my bar. So whatever, it was a waste of my time. <laughs> you know, what a bummer to feel that way. 
Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, totally. Karen, I appreciate your work so much. I appreciate this conversation. I love if you could share just as we kind of wrap things up is you also like to help people develop a deeper connection with the divine, which is also mm -hmm. such a, a sacred experience and, and a sacred part of this journey. And it can really help us to continue on the journey and not fall into those pitfalls of despair. If we really feel that we can actually experience this connection. Yet many people don't really know how, or those who have found a way they're all, it's all very different. So would you be open to sharing your, you know, experience of connecting with divine and what is that like and how do you do so? Yeah. So um, from my perspective, we're always connected to the divine. It's just about whether you're aware of your connection to the divine. That's the thing that most people are, don't have. And um, to me, as you raise your vibration, as you release your distortion, you can't help it. You start to recognize that you are part of the oneness. And I realize it sounds a bit cliche, but you recognize. It's, it's amazing what people experience. You can start to experience like that your breath ripples out into the universe. What you are and who you are and the vibration that you are has an impact into consciousness. The more you raise your vibration, the more you seed into the field of the one that possibility of that vibrational rate, which means that others can entrain to that vibrational rate at a faster rate than you did, and then continue to spread that for others. So you're essentially being yourself, releasing your distortion, raising your vibration, however that looks for you. You are seeding the possibility to help others do it in their own unique ways, in a way that is their own unique path, but you make it easier for them. And that ripples out into the oneness, into consciousness, and basically helps to raise humanity. So it seems like we're on these personal journeys that are individual and may not really matter, but what you do matters. What your vibration rate is matters. What your impact on others is may not be known to you. So this is an amazing story of this um, man who was one day in his 20s contemplating suicide on a particular day. Like he was ready. He had planned it. He was going to do it. And on that day, his best friend stopped by unexpectedly. His best friend didn't know why. He just has this feeling. He's like, I should go see my friend. So he did. And all they did was have a casual conversation. But at the end of that conversation, the man who was contemplating suicide didn't do it. Years later, he's accepting an award for an invention that he created that helped save the lives of millions. And he thanked his friend because he said, you don't realize, I've not shared this with anyone, but on that day, you saved my life. And because you did, you saved millions of other lives. You don't realize the impact that you had by just being you in that moment. The friend had no idea. My point simply is, your resonance matters. So you might think you're just having a casual conversation, but you don't know the ripple effect of your beingness 
with the person that you're with and the ripple effect into all these other people. So the thing is, we're often attached to knowing what our impact is, but being who you are at the highest vibrational level possible, whatever that is for you, can have this amazing effect that can uplift so many. We just aren't aware of it. Wow, Karen, that was so powerful and beautiful. Thank you for that message. I know that everyone else, like just as I just received it. Yeah, it's um, it's strong and it, it just, it gets me excited. We deserve to be excited about life. And just hearing that, it reminds me, it's like, yeah, like when I go out and live my day to day, you know, maybe. I might not see exact, you know, the exact results that we're very attached to, right? We're very attached, especially now in the day of like online social media, we want all the, you know, likes and the followers and the accolades, but we don't realize that the bigger picture of our soul's essence, our vibration, our frequency going out literally impacts so many people. And, you know, the phrase that says, when we let our light shine, it gives others the permission to let their light shine. And I always try to remember that, that even if I don't see what the impact of my, you know, speaking on a podcast might be, or meeting somebody in a, in a store that you don't know that what you said might've made a difference or might've shifted something for them on their bigger soul journey that might lead to them having this awakening, having this shift in frequency, their next, you know, step, their next spiral upwards. (laughs) Totally. And it could be even like you interacting with them. They go home. They're more present for their kid. Their kid has a more present parent. And that child changes the world in some way. You don't know. Yeah, you never know. As you said, we're very attached to knowing our impact. And the thing is, as your vibration rises, you start to not be attached to that impact because you realize it doesn't matter. We're here to uplift each other. So you have the choice to do that. And do you want to? Yes, absolutely. And you know, you you said several times about what you do matters. And I've heard said once that what you do actually literally matters because nothing matters until you bring it into form into matter. So literally our actions become our reality. They become matter. What you see around you, the way the earth is created is through our intention, our expression that then becomes matter. So literally what we do matters because it's what creates reality, right? Exactly. Yes. The lens of our attention is extraordinarily powerful. Yes. Especially as your vibration rises. We're just all magicians, just creating life around us. And that's the question I always ask is, well, what do we want to create now? Now that we know that we are magic creators, maybe we want to do it a little differently. Maybe we want to make a world that's a little bit more brighter and more harmonious and that we're all having a better time, right? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) What do you want to create? What do you want to experience? (laughs) possibilities are endless. That's the other wild thing is that there's literally the universe knows no bounds. We have so many limits of our our perception of what's possible, but there literally is nothing that's impossible. Exactly. (laughs) Well, Karen, you are just lovely and amazing. This has been such a fun conversation. Again, thank you so much for your work. Thank you for being a guest on the show. If people would like to learn more about you and your work, where can they find you? Oh, you, thanks for asking. So you can find me at sphericalluminosity.com. We do have our own podcast. So we have over 190 episodes, I think, where it's my gift to the world. I talk about a whole bunch of different topics, how the world works from frequency level. And at the end, there's a free, what I call group frequency calibration to help you release your distortions around that particular topic. It's free. It's my gift to the world. And also, um, I have a two offerings for your audience if they would like them. 
And the first is a free quiet your mind online workshop and meditation, because right now there's so much to worry about. There's so much to be stressed about. And I think people really need this. So um, you can check that out if you want. And if you're really interested in what can you create, which is what you were talking about last, then I have an ebook and audiobook on creation manifestation, why it fails, and what you can do about it. Plus my um, most popular 15-minute meditation called Morning Meditation, Setting the Tone of the Day, which allows you to start your day at your highest resonance possible, which impacts your entire day and what it looks like. And so um, for your audience, there's a special coupon called Waken, and you can get all that for free. Wow. Thank you so much for all the gifts, Karen. Now I know uh, some goodies that I'll be tapping into this weekend and checking out. So <laughs> thank you. And this, all these links will of course be in the show notes so people can, can find you easily. Thank you again, Karen, for being on the show. This was so wonderful. Thank you, Whitney. Thank you so much for having me on. Take care. Have fun with your creation magic. Thank you. You do. That wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to Women Waken. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others and come back for more. If you'd like to connect with the Women Waken community, you can find us on Instagram at Women Waken. And if you follow Women Waken, you can get a free tarot card reading if you just send a DM. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your unique light shine into this world.